welcome back folks to three men and their babies three dads three very different scenarios coming at you this week from home teaching areas for me and adam not benny just yet adam how's your home teaching going swimmingly but i've got the advantage of having three kids but only having to homeschool one and it's first year of primary so it's all piece of piss stuff like literally the first week last week some of the work that they set was watch Stickman on cbb's and it was like yeah okay click put that on now did have to watch that like 10 times because it's very much enjoyed in the house but other than that it's going quite well how about you i'm so jealous we had seven things <laughs> sent down today seven different things so one of them was we had to watch a man read a book about the disaster at Pompeii, and then you had to write about the story. So you had to box off the story. So the opening of it, uh, the build-up to the story, the dilemma, obviously what's the main point of the story, and then the, the resolution and in conclusion. That was one of the things we had to do. I genuinely would say we've done about four and a half, five hours of homeschooling stuff today. Mm. I don't mind it because I think that if you're a parent who can be at home, or if you're a parent who has time to do that kind of thing, you should do that kind of thing with your kids. That's the point of it. You should be willing to sit down and teach your kids something. I'm sure there are parents out there who hate it because they'd rather just give their kid an iPad and tell them to bugger off. <laughs> I'm sure there are parents who are like that, but I enjoy sitting down with my daughter and teaching her things and trying to get to learn things. I will say as well, it would be a lot different if I had more than one child. For example, two children or three children. I'm sure I would hate it. It's way easier having one kid. Yeah. Doing, doing anything, like literally doing anything with one child is way easier than doing it with two or three. So it's not been too bad. But last time the school didn't really send anything back. We kind of took it off our own backs to go and get books and things like that. But this time they are properly, properly on it. And you have to send the work back into the school. You have until the next yes. day to send the work in. So they'll send the assignments out in the morning and then you have until the next night to, to do it but again though which i think is good because last time i'm sure parents took the absolute piss and didn't do anything and, and at least at least we did stuff with georgia we did do something sarah got some books from ryman's just maths books and english books and we'd sit down with her for an hour and go through them and i was like well we've got to do something i can't just have her doing yeah. nothing so how, how old is it's georgia good now? She eight nine she's nine does it seem to you like uh, the curriculum for kids at that age is a lot harder than it was for us back in the day? I mean, I know it was a lot longer for you two than it was for me, but Blossom's <laughs> friend has uh, twins, which are eight, and they were learning words like um, sympathy and empathy last week, and I thought, that's well difficult for an eight-year-old. I feel like I was just doing like I... and and the when I was that age. It definitely uh, seems like I, that I, for I, me. I think you'd be surprised. I think a lot of the stuff that you did at that t that age just seem normal because you and all of your friends were doing it and and there's that much time now between you doing that then and now that it does seem quite a difference but i i don't see it as too much of a difference what i notice as a difference is they they do a lot more from a very early age a lot more about like well-being empathy sympathy as you just said but the actual actions of it so it's about learning emotions mm. as much as it is learning maths learning how to write learning how to read there's a there was a section on uh, my daughter's schoolwork that she had to do last week that was right play a board game together with your family how do you feel if you won how do you feel if you lost uh, okay how do you feel about sharing and taking turns and to me that's brilliant mm. 
that they include all of that as well, and especially from such a young age, because she's in reception, to compare that to what we did, which was basically, oh, you're being bullied at school. Yeah, well, you probably deserve it. Get on with your day. <laughs> that type of... that That's as close <laughs> as we get to sympathising or empathising with a child. So, yeah, I th- I think it's not a huge difference, knowledge-wise, but looking from the emotional side of things, that there's definite new things in there. I'd say, now, now that you mention it, it I, think, I think their thing was, first, they had to learn how to spell it, and then secondly, it was draw it, draw sympathy, draw empathy. What does it mean to you? And I, 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 on that side of it, I think that's really good. But I like that. it just seemed a lot, diff- yeah, lot more cool. difficult than what I remember being that age. Maybe that's just because we were thick, Benny, because yeah, we were true. just young boys and all we cared about was running around playing footy. I didn't even listen in class. I, I, was, I couldn't have told you what I did at school because all I cared about was getting to break time and then playing football. That was all I cared about. On the topic of playground games, and this is a conversation that you and I had the other day, what, Benny, what do you call that game where you run around chasing after someone, touch them, they're it, and then you run away from them? It. It's called it. It's called it, yeah. What? What? <laughs> the posh, I feel like the posh kids call it tag, but I remember saying, do you want to play it? Let's play it. Because the, <laughs> the person who is it, is it. I'm, I'm assuming, because oh. I've, got, I've got family that live up north, I assume for you lot it's TIG. No, oh. not TIG. No, it, no it's not TIG. It's TIG where I live now. But I w- just to explain to our listeners, Dan- Danny and I are from the same part of the country, and I moved away to a completely different part of the country where my kids have now been born. And they call it TIG, with a T-I-G. Mm. Which annoys the hell out of me because it's tick T I C K, and that's exactly what we were talking about the other day. Dan is just how annoying it is <laughs> when when you hear <laughs> your kids <laughs> calling it something different, and it's like I, I've raised you well. <laughs> Why are you calling it this thing? It's just a weird thing. Sorry, a little little uh, sidebar, but it just annoys me. And I was wondering what you guys called it, but it. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very uh, well written. Is that the name of the game is also the name of the villain? It's like a very well written story. Uh, so I, I my guess my granddad the... went off to play Hitler. I guess the loser is it has to dress up as a psycho murder clown or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. that's anything. Maybe a decent game. And it's like I don't want to get into this conversation because we could do a whole show on just this topic. But we've had this talk before <laughs> about bread. <laughs> and the names of rolls or buns or that kind of thing. And you get to yeah. parts of the country where it's, oh, we call it a self-risen bread cake. Like, what are you talking about? It's just a bread roll. What are you talking yeah. about? Just little differences. But we like that. We like yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say as well, Adam, I like the idea that your daughter's being asked to play a game and then how does it make you feel? It depends on the game. Because if you lose at oh, Connect yeah. 4, well, I lost at Connect 4. I wasn't too bad. I'll come back next time. If you lose at Monopoly... I mean, yeah, I want the world to end. I have just, <laughs> oh. I've been trying for the past six hours yes. and I've just lost everything and it's crushing yeah. and soul-destroying. You get I two mean, different we, answers. We've had quite a few soul-destroying Monopoly games mm-hmm. as, as a group, haven't we? When we used to play it online. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, to the point where I think I nearly left your wife in tears at the end of one game <laughs> just because I couldn't stop laughing at all of her roles. How <laughs> bad she was. <laughs> That was hilarious. Oh, God. Speaking of tears. All right. So my daughter is incredibly canny. She's really, really canny. And a bit of a, again, taken after me. She's very witty, a bit of a smart ass. She'll properly 
give me shit all the time, which I just laugh at and I love. That's just how I am. Because I'm one of those yeah. people who, if I really like you, I'll give you a bit of grief and take the piss, but that's because I like you. If I don't like you, I just won't talk to her. I won't even talk to you. I don't even acknowledge your existence kind of thing. So my daughter's kind of following that same path. So we'll be messing around or something and she'll just go, oh, dad, you're just evil and give me the death stare. And I'll just laugh or she won't say, I hate you. She'll say, me hate, me hate. <laughs> so I'll say, right, fine, okay. <laughs> so she did that twice today. So we were talking about when babies are born and because uh, I'll get into this in a second, but one of our friends has just had a, had his first baby. There's a picture of the baby on Facebook and it's laughing and it's only like two days old, but he's got a proper grin on his face. And my wife said, oh, God, doesn't he look adorable? I said, oh, yeah. I said, do you remember Georgia being adorable when she was a baby? Oh, yeah. I said, wow, what even happened? Fucking Georgia (laughs) burst into tears. (laughs) Daddy, you can't say that. That's so mean. You think I'm horrible. (laughs) Georgia, I was like, what are you talking about? I said, already today, you've said me hate and that I'm evil. We're just joking with each other. We're just having yeah. a laugh and a joke. But oh no, for some reason, this me saying she's not adorable anymore just struck a massive nerve. And just then, just floods of tears. That is harsh, though. <laughs> Leaving your door yeah, in but tears because of a joke. I just thought she. I just thought she'd take it as a joke, like you know, like we do with everything else. But no, that for some reason that struck a nerve. Triggered, which I guess is, uh... yeah. I, sometimes that's why. That's why I can't. Me and my wife will. Me and my wife have that relationship where we'll, we will take the piss out of each other all the time. And like I said, if she gets me with a really cutting comment, I love it. If, if I feel like she's really stabbed me in the back, oh man, it makes me laugh. I just, I think it's great. And I'll say the same thing. To, like the names we call each other, people, if they passed us, people pass us in the street. I think they think we would actually hate each other. <laughs> That's the impression I think people would get. But we don't. We, you know, still madly in love and everything. But I know there's a point that I can't take it. I mean, and I've said this before, you can take the mick out of me for anything. Just make it funny. People have made jokes before about my mum dying. I am fine with that. Just make it funny. Just don't be like cheap with it because that will just annoy me. I mean, at least if you're funny, that's fine. But I know there's a point with Sarah that, okay, there's jokes I just cannot make and there's things I just cannot say that are off limits because she would just then do what Georgia did today, which is just burst into <laughs> tears. <laughs> as- you do have to be careful as, as a dad joking with your kids. I've upset my lad a few times by just twatting around with him. And he's a sensitive soul anyway, bless him. Very much like me, wears his heart on his sleeve. But we, as a family, sometimes what we'll do on uh, on a Saturday or something, if it's peeing down outside, we'll play uh, video games together. Don't know if you've ever heard of Roblox. It's, God, it kills me just how mad the kids are for it. I won't go into details about the game, but there's loads of like little games in it that you can play. And we were playing one of these games together. Kids are on their phones. Daisy and I are using the Xbox because it's cross-platform. You can play that way. And we play this game where you have to like earn money and buy stuff so you can earn more money to buy more expensive stuff and build up this big base. And I just, as a laugh, I was just going, oh yeah, we've got this thing now. Even when we haven't. And he's like, no, you haven't. I can see on the screen you haven't. And we we'll go, no, yeah, we've also got the uh, invisibility switch. Makes it invisible. He's like, there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, there is. You you just haven't got there yet. You're you're pretty far behind. We're really far ahead. We've got all of these like spaceships. He's like, they don't even spell spaceships in this game. And he got so frustrated. <laughs> He's like, why are you lying to me? I can see the truth and you're just like, it's a joke. Please calm down. But he just got so annoyed. I thought he was going to throw his phone at my head. <laughs> 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 I 
felt so bad. It's like, dude, please. <laughs> it's just me messing around. But yeah, you've got, <laughs> got to be really careful how far you push your kid sometimes. Well, go, yes, go, back to what, dads, go back to what Master limits, said. For sure. Yes. Go back to what Master <laughs> said. It's like um, when someone catches you with like a really cut and comment, you get the feeling like, I'm too proud of you to be mad at me. That was incredible. Yeah, def- it's definitely yeah, that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. You've actually, it's like you've really crafted that and thought about <laughs> it. You've took time. You love me so much. You've taken the time <laughs> to really get to the nub of what really hurts me. I'm so proud and happy. <laughs> you love me so much. You've just eviscerated me. Well done. Round of applause. Yeah, Benny, so okay, go back, going back to school quickly, I just thought about something. Benny, did you have chinny and also barley at school? They sound like curries. No, we didn't have them. Okay, so chinny is if, if somebody was lying... Would you not rub your chin and say, yeah, chinny? As if to say, well, I don't believe you, you're lying. We, we rubbed our... I remember rubbing the chins, but we never called chinny. <laughs> oh, right, it's mad. I love how rubbing the chin is still a thing now. Rubbing off the chin. Like, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, obviously chin, saying chinny didn't get to you, but rubbing your chin was a kind of, well, you're just lying to me. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. How's that across the country? That's amazing. It, it's from, apparently, it's from Jimmy Hill. So it's from like the 70s when Jimmy Hill, who's a sports commentator and was well known for his massive chin, people used to put their fist, balled up fist, at the bottom of their own chin and say, "Mm, Jimmy Hill chin. And it evolved from there, (laughs) apparently, it's something I read years ago, to people rubbing their chin up and down and going, mmm, chinny, or chinny record. (laughs) Which is the absolute most bizarre way of just going, yeah, I don't believe you. I don't believe you've got a Canadian girlfriend or that your uncle works for Nintendo. <laughs> Those are two I've such good examples. Yeah, I've got a girlfriend. She uh, lives in yeah. Canada. Yeah, uh, she owns Nintendo and she's my uncle. I'm now starting start to think that Bruce Forsyth owes his whole career to Jimmy Hill. <laughs> Maybe he does. Hey, fucking shout out to Br- Just quickly, I'm going to shout out some people now and again who deserve some goddamn respect on this show. We're going to put some goddamn respect on Bruce Forsyth's name. Yes, that sir. man is an absolute legend. An absolute no, legend. No, don't like him. Never liked him. Right, listen. No, shut up. Right, listen, listen. No. Okay. <laughs> don't end the his podcast wife- for five episodes, Adam. Come on now. <laughs> his wife, his wife was Latin, okay? He won her heart by dancing for her. Do you know the fucking stones and ability you must have Mm -hmm. as a white man to win the heart of a Latin woman by dancing (laughs) for her so much that she's then willing to say, holy shit, I've got to marry this man. I mean, that's just unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Nothing to do with the fact that, you know, he's really famous and has loads of money. Nothing to do with that at all. I don't know if he was that famous at the time, though, when he he married her. Oh, no. Bruce Forsyth was, like, around since, like, vaudeville times, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) <laughs> he was there for the start of the talkies. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure he Pathé. was. Like Bruce Force, I'm, I'm googling it. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I remember, like on my say tenth. Few- <laughs> I'm sure he was like Morecambe and Wise, where he started like on the stage. Yeah, he started at 14 in a song, dance, and accordion act. That is like prime vaudeville. Yeah, but still, his first appearance was at the Theatre Royale in Bliston. And he debuted on TV in 1939. That's how long he's been around. You can't say that he's not vaudeville. Fair enough. And fair enough, he might have been famous, but any man who can win a Latin woman's heart, a white man, by dancing for her, deserves some goddamn respect. Dancing on all of those pound notes and shillings (laughs) scattered on the floor. Any any white man who can dance in general deserves respect. 
Yeah, that's a fair yeah, point. I that's why Justin that. Timberlake's still so famous. <laughs> Boy can move. I mean, let's be honest. I think, I think we can all agree that Justin Timberlake is the new Bruce Forsyth, yeah. can't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Benny. I'm, I'm going to come back to this then. <laughs> so, Barley was, say you were playing tick or tig or tag or it, it. whatever you want to call it. Say something happens, like your shoelace is undone or you can't keep running for some reason, even though someone's chasing you. You would cross your fingers and say, I'm on Barley, which means I'm temporarily suspended from this play. I'm out of the game just for now. And then you would, would do whatever you need to do. You get yourself right. Let's say, for example, tie your shoelace. You would uncross your fingers and say, I'm off Barley. And that meant then you're now back in the game and you're fair game again. Did you have anything like that? I feel like, first of all, we did not go to Bali because that's a long way away. But I feel like um, <laughs> it was more of a situation where you went to a safe space. Like there was a, a location um, reserved for doing that. So Close you go there. Eyes. It's not sort of like not home because sometimes these games you at home. But you go to an safe area space. where you can where you can't be made it to take care of these issues that you've got. And then you just bring yourself back into the game. But no, Bar- Barley was never now. mentioned. Even even in my thirties, I retreat to a safe space <laughs> until my problems are dealt with. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never heard of Barley, but do you think it's to do with like tennis? Because Robinsons used to do the whole like, ah, take a break, and here's some Robinsons lemon barley water, Mister Tennis Man. Have you literally just thought of that, or have you read that? <laughs> yeah. No, just God, that makes way it. too. Yeah, that makes way too much sense. I mean, no, I don't, we, yeah, we never had no idea that. where it came we, from. We had the thing where if you tick someone, you are the butcher, and you therefore cannot be ticked again until someone else has been ticked. But only if you shout out, can't tick the butcher, <laughs> and then run away. Yes, we did have that. Yeah, we had you can't tick the butcher, for sure. There's so many house rules in that, though. Thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the FA rulebook, though, Bunny. Have you not read paragraph seven, chapter three of the uh, of the tick of the tick school rules? It's all there. <laughs> Even though Adam, right? You said that. I mean, yeah, we grew up in the same part of the country, but I didn't meet you until I was nineteen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah. Our schools were what? How many miles apart did we go to school? Probably oh, about like fifteen, twenty miles apart. Fifteen, twenty miles, right? But can't tick the butcher somehow made it those twenty miles in a time with no oh, yeah. internet, no no cell phone, like no nothing. It just somehow migrated. And there'll be points, like Benny said, there'll be points where Chin or Barley or Can't Take the Butcher just stops and no one knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Which I also find insane. I find that bizarre that it could happen. Yeah. Well, there was an old show, wasn't there, on Channel 4, I think, like A to Z of the Playground, where it was like celebrities or pseudo-celebrities talking yes, about the I remember they that. did at school. That was funny, and, actually. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that, that was something that was quite common that, you know, there were variations. I mean, somewhere on the internet, there's probably like a, a geographic linguistic map of what t- Tick's called across the country. And you can see the physical boundary. Like, <laughs> oh, if you cross the Pennines, that's it. It, it turns into Tig. Or, or up at the Lake District, it's called Taggy or <laughs> some shit like that. And like down south in some like little hovel that's completely cut off by the valleys, it's called something like Mr. Bronson's chase game. <laughs> I've heard about Mr. Bronson. Let's not bring that up. There's <laughs> a court did, order did in place. Did you see that with, with like, what are woodlice called in the country? Yes. <laughs> there was something like Roly Poly Pillbugs. <laughs> like really weird name. I'm then, sure that so. was a piss take. It had to be. I'm sure it was. <laughs> no, I reckon it's probably true. I reckon it's probably true. Especially when you get to places like Scotland and stuff like that. It is basically, or if you go to Wales, because I'm quite close to the border of Wales, it does then become 
not just obviously the Welsh language, but the Welsh side of the things I'll say in English, a whole new language. And you, and people yeah. say something, and I just I say, oh, what do you mean? Sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And I say, oh, this thing. And I'll say, oh, that's called this, for example. So in Scotland, you know the crust of a bread, the crust of a loaf yeah. of bread, they call it the heel. My wife's sister's girlfriend said, oh, just pass me the heel. <laughs> I just looked at it and said, what the fuck are you talking about? What's yeah, the heel? can't get my foot up on that counter. She said, she just said to me, she said, Daniel, pass me the heel. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> is this it? I was like, that's the crust. It's, like, it's that simple. But no, it's, the, it's, apparently, it's apparently the heel. See, I don't call that the crust. I don't have a name for that bit because the crust is a bit around the outside. Mm-hmm. Around the outside, around the outside. Not the bits at the end. <laughs> They're just called the end bits. Or the bits only I eat in the household because the kids are weird about crust. Let's cross over to our East Coast correspondent, Jenny. <laughs> what do you call it? Go on. They're crusts to me. Always been crust. And they are the best part the of the crust. bread, especially for making toast. Oh, yes. Or as a firm oh, base for a cheese and onion crisp sandwich. <laughs> mm. Just when I was a kid, I used to hate the crust. I used oh, to I've hate always it. liked it. Always liked it. Oh. As, soon, as soon as like older, probably my it. auntie told me to put hairs on my chest, I was like, yes, I'm all about that. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the hairiest boy. <laughs> the hairiest. Chest. He eats nothing In but crust. Second year. <laughs> <laughs> just kids playing tick, the, like, touching Benny's rug. Away. <laughs> it, it's worked out alright for me. Blossom always says, "You're the hairiest boy I've ever been with." And I was like, "Ah, well, that's because I get all the crusts, love." There you go. What a horrible image that is. As we she move has on. only ever okay. been with Richard O'Brien, uh, Yul Brynner, <laughs> Duncan Goodyear. <laughs> Could you be? <laughs> Forget The Rock, Jason Statham. No, <laughs> fucking Yul Brynner. <laughs> Richard O'Brien. <laughs> For those who don't know, they're bald men. <laughs> yeah, bald men. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Anyway, there was some very good news this week on, uh, on my side of the planet as, as Gaz, my best man from my wedding, welcomed a new boy into the fold. And it was, it, this got me to thinking, though, I do love this about new parents every time. And Benny, you might when you have your kids, you might remember this or you might not, but two, three, four days after the baby's born, it's all over social media. Oh, this baby's my world. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'd do without it. I'm so lucky. I'm so happy. We're so blessed. All these total cliched words. And after about four or five months, it's just, I'm so tired. I wish I was dead. Why did I have children again? Please, somebody help me. Please kill me. And it's the same thing every time. Oh, it just gets me. It just cracks me up all the time. You just because people just have no idea. They have no idea how tired they're going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm the bloke, so I'm very much going to be less tired than the mum in the relationship because she's got to do the most of the stuff physically for the birth. Uh, and then afterwards, she's also got to recover from that and also adjust. So it, it's always been a... A shell shock, less so than it would be for the woman, but it's it depends how really it's going to impact you. Is based on so much different stuff. Like what, where do you store the baby during the day? Do you put them in a chair? Do you put them in a crib? Do you put them in a Moses basket? Do you close all the curtains? Do you leave some light on so they get used to a bit of light for during the summer? Are they feeding using bottles? Are they feeding using breast pump? There's so many different factors that are going to affect it. And it doesn't matter ultimately because you are going to be dog tired <laughs> one way or the other. It's just how dog tired you get, really. You are right. There is that kind of 
things that are taken out of your control that we've met, I think we've mentioned before that some babies just can't have formula or some babies just mm-hmm. can't have breast milk. Some babies just can't have cow's milk. Sarah had yep. to have soy milk because every time she had a drink of cow's milk, she would projectile vomit all <laughs> back up straight away. And then, then it's just another problem you've got to fix. Okay, great. Now this is something out of our control. How do we fix this? What do we do? So then you have to go off to the doctors and, oh, okay, yeah, we have to have soy milk. Georgia was the same that her milk was giving her really, really bad colic, which is awful for babies because it's basically their little tummies cat kind of get the milk gives them just an excessive amount of wind and they can't burp mm. they can't trump so you basically get that sharp kind of they get that sharp pain in their stomach and it won't go and if you give them milk it just makes them feel worse and worse and after a day of just continuous crying you're ready to tear your hair out and then you have to go to hospital and we ended up having to give her this thing called infocol which then made a burp and we had to give her a little thickening agent for a milk and all that kind of thing and th- those are just things taken out of your control we, we don't know why she had that problem but she just did yeah. You know, and just they're just things that you can't really, you just can't account for those things. Mm. Bigging up people or things, and we're not sponsored by them, but big up Infocol. Oh, it's absolutely oh, it's the best. Saver. The so best. Good. So good. And so necessary as well. Just a couple of little drops just before the bottle, stick it in, they're fine. Oh, there was no, there was no better so noise much. than after I finished feeding Georgia that I just give her a pat and a rib on the back and she just go, but. I'm like, oh yes, thank God. Yeah. You just wait for that burp after she's finished, and it's like, oh, thank God. Sweet burpy burp bliss, great burpy yeah. bliss. Speaking of uh, speaking of bigging up, um, after the podcast last week, I went out and bought the uh, the nose syringe thing, as well as the the whole Tommy Tippy healthcare set, which has like nine things in it off of Amazon. I did I did oh, it immediately after nice. we finished. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you played with it? Have you played with it yet? I've I've taken out a look at it, but I resisted the temptation to shove it up Blops, shove it up Blossom's nose and see if I could get anything out there. You should have a <laughs> joking aside. You should have a go. Just have a practice. Yeah, just to get used to it, like the pressure and stuff yeah, true. like that. I was going to say a little word of advice. <laughs> this is something I had to teach uh, my ex partner. Is depending on the one you've got. We had one where it was like a solid plastic tea with like a rubbery semicircle at the bottom that you push in mm-hmm. and then put it up the nose and then the suction of this rubbery thing pulling out again pulls out the snot. Don't do what my ex did, which was put it up the nose then squeeze it <laughs> because <laughs> all you can do is make, make like the fontanelle on the baby's head just inflate <laughs> Their eyes just bug out. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, uh... definitely <laughs> Definitely experiment with it before <laughs> before you try it on a baby. I mean, that's the yeah, best. Practice with everything, given. Benny. Yeah, anything anything you get, just practice with it and mess about with it because you don't want to get to that point where you have to use it and you think, oh shit, what do I <laughs> do again? It's just easier to get used to. Same with like baby food and stuff like that. I mean, I know there's. I mean, I'm sure that I've heard stories about people out there and like men and women who would just they would give their baby food, the, the baby food, and the baby would hate it, and they'd be thinking, well, why 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 don't they like it? And I'd say, well, have you tried it? And they'd say no. I was like, well, try it. I'm like, oh, that's bloody awful. <laughs> like, yeah, it's bloody awful. Maybe the baby thinks, oh, this is fucking disgusting. Don't give me this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. anytime you get like any baby food, any baby snacks, give it a little try. Just to see what it's like. If it's okay with you, then, yeah, pr- chances are it'll be okay with them. If the baby yeah. takes after Blossom at all, it would be addicted to um, uh, Farley's rusks. She still eats them oh, now. Fuck, yeah. Oh, I still eat rusks now. <laughs> rusks are amazing. I love rusks. They're so good. None of I remember Georgia. I got on with rusks. Really? Oh, we we, yeah. we used to get Georgia rusks. It was great. You just 
when she got like her teeth in and stuff and you just sit her down and give her like a whole rusk. <laughs> it was like the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> and she'd sit there for like an hour with it. It was, it was great. And then I'd have one as well, just because. I just remember the little squidgy packets of food as well. Like little squidgy packets of mango and stuff like that. Yeah. Pure I mean, yeah, mango with... in a foil packet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like a little, um, you know, like those kind of yogurt squidgies you get. But they have like pureed mango in and stuff. Oh, they were so good. It was <laughs> yeah. so good. Because mango is my favourite fruit, but whatever. But yeah, they were so good. It was the, the baby jars I hated. The like little jars of really horrible, like brown with bits in pureed food that you have to like heat up in like hot water with the lid off and then pour it out and make sure it's not too hot and what have you. Just feed it to your kid for them to just basically cover the heads and face in this horrible like Heinz or Cowangate puree. And I did that with the first two, but with the my youngest, we weaned her like from four months. We started giving introducing food to her and it was just like fresh food. So everything we made fresh. God knows how we found the time to do it, to be honest, but that was so infinitely better than those bloody jars. And a lot less expensive as well. And a lot less Yeah, smelly. we did <laughs> Yeah, we did the jars at first. And yeah, we got to the point where we were just thinking, we're spending so much money on these jars, why don't we just buy the food ourselves and do it? It's way cheaper. Because mm. yeah. you just think, yeah, to just, you know, like just buy a banana or buy a mango or buy an apple or something, I don't know, something, and just and they just mush it and yeah. just give it to them. It's Yeah, it's way easier. Benny, yeah. um, I've got to make a request, is that please don't let your baby cover themselves in food and then send <laughs> pictures of it. I was planning on bringing that up this week. I was going to say... Oh, fucking hell. I, I was going to say, um, that's your idea of hell. We used to send um, Danny pictures of babies covered in food and I definitely know Adam's <laughs> done his child covered in food and sent it over to him. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. <laughs> it's not I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It fucking turns my stomach. And I... I'll mention this plenty of times. I'm not scared of anything. I love horror films. I love mm-hmm. stuff about serial killers. I will read the grossest shit and it will not bother me. Babies who just get their food and pour it on their own heads. What <laughs> is it? What the fuck is that? Why? Oh, it's just gross. Oh. It's so gross. I don't get it. I, I, I understand it. I am the total outlier here. I am completely the weirdo. I know probably 99% of babies do it. But oh my God, my daughter did never, ever do that. Ever. It was. I remember vividly that Georgia was sat in her high chair when she was about a year old, and I left. I left a. Um, I left a, a white on her high chair desk, and she was she was wiping the desk herself because I'd done it so much, and she'd seen me do it so much to get all the bits of dried food off and stuff like that, and she never did it. She's always been really a really careful eater and all that kind of thing. But, oh, yeah, please, Benny, don't. I can't, oh God, it turns <laughs> my stomach. I don't know why. It, it is pretty grim, though, especially because you know you've got to uh, deal with that afterwards. You, you have to clean that baby off. You've got to get rid of all those orange stains in its ears. <laughs> Benny just put a and- picture in Discord. You fuck. <laughs> oh god that's so grim why why so it's just a picture of like a baby covered in spaghetti smiling <sighs> still eating the spaghetti off its own head which is disgusting. oh god that's worse oh my god i can't take it i cannot take it let's put that one in the show notes <laughs> that's absolutely my kryptonite i just oh my god oh that's awful that's such an awful picture <laughs> Oh, you know that baby grows ruined. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to think. Yeah, what? Just you've got to clean everything afterwards. I mean, I know 
we have friends who live in Germany who've got twin boys and they took their boys to this messy play thing, which is a great, that's a great idea. That's such a good idea. Let your kids go to a proper area where they can just sit down, cool, get messy. I would never have done that. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> and they would just, you know, they'd just be like food in there and jelly and all kinds of stuff, you know, like Rice Krispies and it's like textures and... I'm all for it. I, it's it's great for babies to get used to the feel of different things and how the noises and all that kind of stuff. It's I think it's a great thing for the development, but just letting them pour it over their own head. <laughs> and then Adam, I would just get this Pavlovian response to any time Adam would send me a message. I'd start sweating before I'd even look at it. I just think, I know what's going to be in this. It's going to be a picture of Daisy with like half a lasagna on her face or something. <laughs> Oh, just grim. grim. Uh, You've got to be cruel to be kind, though. You know, sharing wonderful pictures of my beautiful daughter. Yeah, she's hidden behind 12 layers of food, but she's still pretty under there. On the note of things that annoy us and are very horrible to look at, one thing that is super annoying me, mainly for Daisy, my youngest, is I can't get any decent dinosaur stuff for her especially clothing, that isn't in the boys' section or isn't in the boys' section of a toy store or isn't blue or some other boy colour or I have to go to a completely different part of the shop to buy it because it's not in the girls' stuff. And unnecessarily gendering things for boys and girls is absolutely doing my nut in. Mate, that's hitting me right in the soul. Daisy has an older brother and an older sister, and she loves both of them, and she's influenced by both of them. So she's quite happy like playing Barbies and what have you, the, the traditional girl stuff with her older sister, and then also sitting down and playing with all of her Spider-Man action figures and her Batman toys that she's got, the more traditional boy stuff. And her favourite animal is any dinosaur. <laughs> so, not a specific one, just anything that is a dinosaur. It's her favourite bath toy, it's what is all over her bedding, her pyjamas are dinosaur, and it's basically, it looks like a boy's room, because it's got all of this stuff that she really loves in. And it kills me that people just can't accept that girls like dinosaurs as well as boys, or girls want to be Spider-Man as much as some boys do. And it does my nothing. We've been very careful to, and this goes back to you know just being a good parent. We we've gone, we've been very careful with not giving things particular genders and just saying to her, "What do you want to do?" Rather than saying, "Oh, you need to do this because you're a girl," or "You need to wear this kind of thing." We've tried to be careful to not buy her just pink things all the time. And as of today, right now, I mean, she changes this all the time, but she hates the color pink with. A passion. She just hates it. And I. And again, we've ne- we never purposely got her pink things, or she wasn't made to wear fairy dresses or anything like that. She enjoyed doing it, but she also enjoyed, you know, sort of doing like building things. And she she likes. My dad's got a workshop at his house, so she loves going in the workshop and playing with all the drills and the hammers and glue guns and supervised, obviously, <laughs> all those kinds of things. It annoys me. The only thing I can think is that it's it's definitely something that's going away. It will take time. So, for example, the generation above us, for babies, will always buy them, will probably just buy them things for boys or for girls, just because that's all they've ever done and that's what they know. But now, yeah. for example, like my mate had a boy and I would, I made sure to think, okay, I'm not going to get him boy things. I'll just get him, you know, clothes that are white or beige <clears> or sandy colored or anything like that because I don't want to, or I'll get him a mixture. 
you know, I just get him a mixture of colours. I'm not going to get him specifically blue things. It's a boy, well done. And I just think yeah. it's something that over time is going to... It will change over time, I think. But yeah, it's still out there. It's still it's still out there. And it's... um. Yeah, it bothers me as well. An advancement of that also is walking... It hasn't happened as much now we've got a kid on the way, but walking through a shop and looking at the kids' clothes and thinking, why don't they make stuff this cool for adults? I'd love a t-shirt full of dinosaurs or robots or all that sort of stuff. Where's that for me? (laughs) It's just ages, Benny. It is. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it it frustrates me so much that... I mean, it, it happens less so, I suppose, now in toy stores. Obviously, Toys R Us isn't a going concern now, but places like Smith's Toys and the Entertainers, they don't necessarily group things together as boy stuff and girl stuff. They just group stuff together because it's the same kind of stuff. But it does annoy me when I see things like, uh, oh, girls, here is a beautiful roleplay set that contains a hoover, a dustpan and brush, (laughs) and a petticoat for you to wear for when the boys are around, a fan to hide your blushing cheeks behind when uh, when the gentlemen's <laughs> do come a-calling. Uh, it's horrendous. Yet you go down the boys' aisle, and it's like, right, boys, get ready for war. Here's your Nerf gun. Here's your soldier set. Here's, here's your transforming mega Godzilla lizard. <laughs> Have fun. I've got to basically buy, like, twice as many different kinds of toys now for my young kids, because she likes all of that type of stuff. She'll be playing with her babies, and she'll go, right, babies, you stay here. Spider-Man's coming to rescue you. And then she shoots one of the babies with her Nerf gun, throws her Spider-Man toys at the baby. <laughs> You stay here, babies. I just took us to fetch my Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's coming to <laughs> yeah. save the day. <laughs> it's basically like we were talking, I think it was on the last podcast, about soft toys for kids. And my youngest, her favourite special, her best toy that always needs to be around her is a dinosaur. So it's just a soft green dinosaur called Fierce. And it's the cutest thing. God forbid anything happened to a dinosaur or any other dinosaur that she now plays with because they're all very precious to her. She, the, the dinosaurs are the victors, are the good guys in everything. The babies are the bad guys. <laughs> the, the Barbies are the bad guys. Uh, it's lovely to see, you know, us taking that approach to raise her up as just, you just play with whatever you want. They're all just toys and they're all good for her, which is what I think every parent should do. But just then when she's faced with these contrasting images, like if we ever come across an advert while we're watching YouTube or anything like that, it's like, oh, well, we're girls, that's why we're playing with this. And we're boys, that's why we're playing <laughs> with this. And I worry about the effect it has on her, not seeing that representation of like, yeah, it's normal for girls to play with these, what are traditionally boys' toys, because they're just toys and you have fun with them. When she doesn't see other girls doing that on the TV or on YouTube, what have you. That's a good point. Still in the adverts on like Cartoon Network or Boomerang or whatever, or CBeebies or something, in the adverts, it's still boys playing with cars or rocket ships or stuff like like remote, even remote controlled stuff and Nerf guns and things like that. Yeah. It's still boys in the advert. You never see girls having fun with a remote controlled car right. or driving a remote controlled monster truck through a muddy field or something. It's always boys. Yeah. And then it's always girls, girls always playing, playing with, with bloody baby Annabelle or whatever. Oh. Yeah, My Little or Pony like toys or things like that. Gushing over their Lelly Kelly shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god, my nail set is so cool. <laughs> I said yeah. when I was a, when I was a teenager, I painted my nails all the time. You know, it's yeah. I don't yeah yeah. You're right. I was just going to say quickly. 
going back to what you're saying then about uh, God forbid anything happens to a dinosaur. I was wondering how ready Georgia was for any kind of sort of uh, angst or terror in a film. Because all of Georgia's films currently that we watch are still family-friendly, family-fun, nothing can go wrong, nothing can ever happen to anybody, it's all nice. So I thought, well, I'll start her off and we'll watch something that's PG, okay, well, I'd say 12A or PG-13, whatever you want to call it, and see how she reacts to it. So I, I expl- so we said, oh, let's watch Jurassic Park. So we watched this, sorry, not Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, the fourth one. Okay, Jurassic Lost- World? Jurassic World, that's it, Jurassic World. So I said, I said, okay. I said, do you want to watch this film with dinosaurs in it? She said, yes. I said, right. I said, before we watch it, I'm going to tell you, there are some people in it who die. Obviously, explaining to her that, you know, it's not real. They're just pretending. It's all acting. Those dinosaurs aren't even there. They're just, it's just computers. So don't worry. No one's going to get hurt. She's like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. So she's fine. There's a scene where the endo, no, what's the one? No, it's not the endo raptor. That's in the fifth one. What's the big dinosaur called in the Lost World? It's like part raptor, oh. part T-Rex, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'll, I'll Google it. Indorex or something like whatever, whatever it's called. There's a scene where the, it breaks out and they're trying to catch it, and a man literally gets stamped on and crushed to death by it. Didn't bat an eyelid. She just didn't <laughs> care. No, no, no reaction. No nothing. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. My chat worked. She understands. That's fine. Gets to the end of the film. The big scary dinosaur comes in and it's fighting three of the velociraptors or two of the velociraptors. One of the velociraptors gets thrown into a building and the building blows up. Fucking tears immediately. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, why are you crying? She goes, oh my God, the Velociraptor died. I said, Georgia, that Velociraptor in the first film was like the baddest baddie you could imagine. They were so yeah. scary. They terrified They can open children. door handles. She, like, yeah. she said... She said, she said, yeah, but they're people. And, you know, the Velociraptor doesn't know any better, does it? But you know what? She's got a point. She's got yeah. a good point. But yeah, so then, so the Velociraptor dies, right? Floods of tears. We have to pause the film. Then come back to it about a week later to watch the awesome fight at the end between Blue, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then the new scary dinosaur. Yeah. So after the film finishes, she goes on to her Minecraft game and she builds a grave and a full like a full little kind of church as a place to worship the fallen velociraptor (laughs) from jurassic park the lost world (laughs) what is this oh my god that is the cutest thing (laughs) i said what's this she said oh it's a i've made a grave for the uh for the velociraptor right okay and then about a month after that we're watching the minecraft movie on netflix and there's a pig in it called reuben and oh it's just, no, poor Reuben. Poor Reuben. It's just a Minecraft pig. She kills Minecraft pigs all the time. Because I said to her, okay, you need to kill those to get food. She's like, oh, okay. I mean, she'll happily just go hacking through swathes of pigs in Minecraft and not give a shit. Yeah. Just collecting <laughs> pork chops like there's no, t- like she's getting paid for it for real. Reuben obviously dies in the Minecraft film and just turns into a pork chop. Again, floods of tears. Floods of tears. Ruben what did she do after name, that? Though. What did she do after that? Straight back on Minecraft. <laughs> now the Velociraptor and Ruben the pig from Minecraft share <laughs> share a grave share grave plots, and they're buried next to each other. <laughs> like, what is this? It's like, George, what are you doing? It's like it's very sad, Dad. Oh, like, okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, should make her watch the uh, the brave little toaster next. See if you get a grave for like an air conditioning unit or something. <laughs> I was like, where's this going to end? Yeah, like I said to you, I, I mean, yeah, a guy literally gets stamped on. When There's the scene in the Jurassic Park film where Chris Pratt's lying under the Jeep and the security yeah. guard sat there and the big dinosaur just eats him in half. She did not care. 
did not give a shit. Couldn't care less. Yeah. She's like, all she cared about was why is he putting oil on himself? I was like, oh, it's to hide the smell from the thing. She's like, oh, okay. And that was, that was the only question about that. <laughs> not about the man being eaten in half. Literally eaten alive. But no. But Velociraptors and Reuben the pig. Oh, yeah, it's a whole other story. Oh, that's some good resilience. That's some very good resilience. Uh, on, on that <laughs> note, my, my eldest is showing how she is quite nullified <laughs> to uh, violence. Uh, she's been watching the uh, Final Destination films. Oh and my god! Just, wow. just pissing, pissing herself laughing every time someone dies. I think she appreciates <laughs> the the like the long, complicated manner in which the series of events happen for someone to die. And I, I had a mum like on the phone text me going, I'm not sure she should be watching this because we, we watched the trailer for it and she was just laughing every time someone died. And I said, <laughs> well, yeah, she should probably find it funny then because that's the worst bit in it. Yeah, all right, I'll let her watch it. Bear in mind, she's only like 12 and it's, what, an 18? But oh, for it's, sure. it's a whole... Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. Like, what's an 18 now compared to the 90s, whenever Final Destination came out? That's but, a good yeah. point. My, my youngest, her favourite film at the moment is the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, film, what a film. Which itself is a, oh, it's oh, amazing. So good. so good. So good. Not after, like, the 50th time of watching it, necessarily, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, that is a PG film. And I, I have to watch it every time now so I can give that parental guidance. Just go, yeah, he's still not saying fuck or bugger. He's still swinging around. It's fine. It's such a good film, though. I'm glad she chose that one instead of like one of the other live-action Spider-Man films. Because we tried to get her to watch the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the first one of like the new Spider-Man films over Christmas. Yeah. And she's just like, I don't like this. Why, why, is it, why is it a real guy doing <laughs> it? Why is it? Why is he white? <laughs> she's so pleased <laughs> the Spider-Verse film with Miles Morales it's like, I love oh, yeah, it fair enough so nah my, my favourite Spider-Man's a black one like yeah, go for it <laughs> fair <man>. enough <laughs> so he's yours isn't he I'm like no he isn't my my favourite is the is Peter Parker but that's just what I grew up with Daisy she's like no I think you like Miles more like, alright <laughs> he's my favourite now <laughs> We'll have to come on to this next week, I think. But we'll have to have a chat about the first scary films we watched or something. Or the films that made us go, oh, okay. Oh, I've now yeah, con- such good time. I've, I've now got kind some of good stepped up that. into the, oh, these things are a bit different to what I'm used to. Kind of, <laughs> I know mine, so I'm not going to spoil it. But yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to come to that next week. Because I think we're at the point already where it's time for uh, baby names or advice, Adam. Cue the theme tune. Baby names or advice. Which one would you like there. first? Well, as there was a um, bit of a a discourse over me picking a different one last week, we better go back to names first, I think. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, the the order has been (laughs) re-established. Everything is right with the world. Introduce you then. Cast your mind back to the heady days of 1998. We're all still young, no responsibilities. And in Iceland, a girl was born and wasn't allowed to be given the name that the parents chose. This is because the government in Iceland have a list of approved names. At the time, there were 1,800 and odd names for females. And if the name you wanted to call your daughter wasn't on that list, you couldn't call your daughter that. So the mum wanted to call the daughter a name that translates to light breeze, which Fair enough. But it wasn't on the approved list. So, in in an act of fighting against the man, she just called the girl Stalker. 
which means girl. So all of her names on her official paperwork is just girl. Mm. I think that's a very appropriate way of doing it because she still gave the girl her given name of Blair, which means light breeze, but officially she's called girl. I think girl is a badass name. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I I think that's really cool. If your name is just girl, I just, I don't know. It sounds like she's going to be the kind of head of some huge crime syndicate someday. And they're going to say, who's that? <laughs> she's just the girl. Wow, yeah. okay. Like, she's it's really mysterious. Girl. Yeah. She sounds like a... Calling the sun girl might be a bit... She, she sounds like the assassin <laughs> character of some sort of film. She doesn't actually speak. She just, like... It's the guy, like, the guy, going back to a Simpsons reference, when they're having the big mafia fight outside the house, and there's the guy just standing there, looking shifty. You know he's going to do something <laughs> yeah. good. Wait, that guy's going to do something in a minute. I always liked, um, I always liked Frankie the Squealer and Johnny Tightlips. <laughs> that scene always cracked me up. Frankie, who did it? Okay, okay, okay. It was him. It was him. It was him. I'll tell you everything. Please don't hurt me. And then, like a few seconds after, Johnny Tightlips gets shot. He's Johnny. You've been shot. Where you been shot? I ain't saying nothing. What I tell the doctor? Got on the sucker lemon. <laughs> he just died. But yeah, yeah, this is uh, Iceland with its very weird naming conventions. I mean, up until 1995, if you moved to Iceland and gained citizenship, you were required to take an Icelandic name. And any kids you had that were under 15 also had to have a new name. Crazy. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Crazy Iceland laws. What they have in place now, I can't say, but hopefully slightly less restrictive. But there we go. Isn't it? Is it Iceland or it's one of the Scandinavian or maybe one of the Scandinavian countries where you basically take, if you're a son, you take your father's name and then add son, don't you? So if yes. George was a boy, it would be something Danielson, basically. Yeah. And if it's a girl, it's Dottier. Oh, really? Daughter. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. Cool. That sounds like right. something Sean Paul would say, Dottier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Fuck Sean Paul. Okay. <laughs> Fucking okay. All right. Apparently this apparently this Unlocked week's episode is just me the being Pandora's fu- box. <laughs> apparently this week is just back. me being triggered. This week's just me being triggered by YouTube for some reason. Just fuck Sean Paul. Oh, let okay? me Google a picture of Sean fucking Paul. Fucking absolute fucking hack. We're not going to get into this, but I do like Sean Paul. Evidently, Adam, please carry on. Okay. If if you had to. FMK, so fuck, marry, kill. Sean Paul. <laughs> don't, no, don't even do it. I'm not going to do. Don't do it, right? Okay. Don't. I, I, won't, I won't mention his name. Save it for next week. I wa- yeah. We'll, we'll save Vince Vaughn some next week. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carry on. Okay. The, uh, the nice guy. weird stuff that people used to do that would now be considered probable child abuse section of the show. <laughs> So, back in the late 19th century, babies were as much of a pain in the arse as they probably are now at times, but they had less kind of treatments for babies who were legitimately suffering from things like teething pain, fever, that kind of thing. In 1845, (laughs) two druggists, Jeremiah Curtis and Benjamin A. Perkins in Maine, partnered to manufacture Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup. Beautiful. You might think it's something like buttercup syrup, you know, treats a a, a coffee throat, Mm. you know, gets rid of that tickle and you're fine. This one did more than that. The formula (laughs) contained a variety of different things, but its two primary ingredients were alcohol and morphine. 
Oh, very nice. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, it worked to treat <laughs> soothing kids and basically knocking them out. And it was extremely popular. Every year, it, they reported selling more than one and a half million bottles <laughs> in uh, in the 1860s. So, yeah, this was uh, something that continued to be sold as late as 1930. You could buy this in America. Wow. Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup. And they should sell that now, but just for parents, <laughs> to be honest. I was going to say, one and a half million bottles sold. It's They're not buying it for their kids. <laughs> they're buying it because there's a fucking depression and they need it to get through the day. That's what they're buying it for. Absolutely amazing. One of, one of the things it was uh, aimed at was to relieve diarrhea, which is because it's full of opioids, which, as we all know, can cause constipation. So it definitely <laughs> yeah. worked. From from that side of things. We'll look back longingly at Mrs. Winslow and her soothing syrup and rue the day that uh, people started having to list ingredients on on the uh, medicines that we could provide children. I, th- I think if anything's, uh, if any, if last week's shown anything as well, after this week's episode, Ben is going to rush out immediately and try and buy as many bottles of that as he can, <laughs> like he did last week with the uh, with the nose thing. <laughs> Benny, they don't even have sugar in Calpol anymore. Oh, you dear. can't buy anything that's bad for your kids. Maybe I'll just buy lots of alcohol, brandy. Do they still give, yeah. get, do they still give morphine, kids brandy? Apparently. Is that sort of thing? It depends how well they do on their exams, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> You want to celebrate it with brandy and a cigar afterwards, that's fine. I don't know if that's a lie, but that's been taught to me by TV, is that if a kid's got a toothache, you give it a, stick a bit of brandy on your finger and put it on there. It, it can work, it has a numbing effect, but you can just get teething gels which aren't going to like children's services after you. <laughs> bit bit yeah. Bongella oh, yeah. and rub that on. Stock up help. on Bongella. Got it. Bongella. Or put a nice, a nice plastic chewy toy in the fridge or the freezer oh. so they can bite on it. They like Georgia loved doing that. She loved yeah. it. Just get a selection of chewy toys and just put them in the fridge, and then we just give her one every half an hour or so, and she just yeah. bite the hell out of it like a rabid dog <laughs> when she was teething. Or if you can get like one of those food nets on a stick, you can actually get like just a piece of like cold cucumber in there, and it can numb on that. All of which is better than turning your kid into an alcoholic, Benny, at the tender age of one. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, save the brandy for yourself, mate. You'll need it. Yeah, yeah you're going <laughs> to get through the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to need the brandy and the morphine. Shout out to Mrs. Miggins, whatever the hell her name was. <laughs> All right. There we go. Anything else, boys? No, nope, that's it from me. Thank you, everyone. The best hour of the week by far. It absolutely flew by once again. Yes. And the it best hour indeed. of our listeners' week as well. Because <laughs> they get to hear this. <laughs> I'm sure it flew by for you lot as well. Okay, yeah. there we go. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Rest in peace, Ruben. Mm-hmm.